Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Outside of baseball, not that many games from uh, sports to recap yesterday. Sorry, Mr. Announcer Man, but we'll do the best we can. A little bit of a slow sports time right now. We're kind of in the abyss in the middle of the summer, but uh, we will find things to talk about, a little stream of unconsciousness. That's what the big dog and the coach will do. We'll jump off the sports page early off and on today's show. David Olson, our producer, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining us, 57 minutes and 32 seconds of Sports Talk Radio at its finest, question mark. Wouldn't it really be annoying if people talked with punctuation marks, comma, no, question mark? I think I just proved my point. All right, let's welcome in my good partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Last time we talked to Joel, I think we were in the midst, and I want to continue the discussion, by the way, talking about great collapses in sports, individual or team, but uh, first of all, I don't mean that as a transition to you, by the way. In no way am I implying that you have had a great collapse. My good friend, the big dog. How are you, dog? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, and I wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't mind a gigantic collapse. That would have mean I would have attained some type of success. So hopefully one day I have a, a ah. massive horrible demise. Now that is an interesting thought. I would love to have a psychologist on the show to analyze your response to that. So you you took it as... Interesting that that it wouldn't be so bad to have a great collapse because that means at some point I rose to some great heights. I don't know if that's the glass half full, glass half empty. I'd love to talk to a psychologist. No, I'm being half glass full. I always am. Things are going to work out yeah. for me, coach. So okay, okay. Just an interesting analysis. I'm glad they but, are outstanding. And I could bounce back. I could see how far I would bounce back. My bounce back effect. Remember the the harder the uh, the harder the fall, the greater the bounce, big dog. I've had a bit of a roller coaster life. I've had some unbelievably, I mean, like, unreal stuff happen to me. Mm-hmm. I've also had some other, you know, we like everybody. Yep. But I think mine has been a little bit more of a dramatic roller coaster. I think having known you, uh, at least in part for the last eight or nine years, I can safely say, compared to most people's roller coaster rides in life, yours definitely a few more steep slides and a few more uphill climbs. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's not really a climb. I, I really never got the uphill or downhill mm-hmm. talk, which is always oh, all uphill from here. Well, isn't that bad? <laughs> really, you know what I mean? When people uh-huh. are all happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, it's all downhill from here. Well, you never rode a bike. I don't know why that's upsetting for you, because I love going down you know, on a bike. So, <laughs> yeah. Another, know, I never, I, and then uh, some people say it right, and some people say it wrong, and I don't know what is right or wrong, because maybe my, I might be totally wrong about what you say is uphill and downhill. Mm-hmm. That's an, another interesting take on it. Again, we need a psychologist to uh, analyze that response, but you're right, going downhill is often and very often thought as negative if we're talking about a particular team or a stock or your life in general or person. But you are right. If you're a um, bicycler or on any kind of motorized or even unmotorized vehicle, going downhill is one of the greatest joys you can get. Yeah, no doubt. If you were, if you had another like five miles to walk somewhere because your car broke down, mm-hmm. if somebody said it's all downhill from here, like, heck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of So uh, I, I've never understood that phrase, so I don't it's, say it. 
That's I, I eliminated that from my uh, I love I, l- I love the creative thought processes. Very, very nice. You know, you off of drugs has been a good thing for you, big dog. You're starting to think a lot clearer and more creatively now. What what has made me think clearer? You know, since you've been off the illegal substances. Oh, oh yes, yes, I'm I thinking was, much clearer now. I was kidding, of course. Uh, 888-463-6748. By the way, speaking of roller coasters, got to throw this out real quick. Maybe some of our listeners, uh, and again, Big Dog, our show being emanated, being pontificated out to seven different continents via the Internet. And, of course, uh, also parts of downstate Rockford and Janesville, Wisconsin as well. Um, I think Rockford is north of us, Coach, and west. Yeah, a little west. I don't know. Is it north? I guess it is. Uh, yeah, a little who, bit. Who the hell cares? Um now I lost my train of thought. What was I going to mention to people? What were you just saying? I was being positive about stuff. You were talking about uh, everything that you wanted to spread. The, the oh, oh roller coasters. Roller coasters. So I'd like to throw it out. Maybe, uh, I, I don't know, our amusement park's big in other countries, but I'd like to throw it out to our listeners. Best amusement park that they have been to some of the greatest roller coasters i say that in part i'm not a roller coaster guy myself but not not the big ups and downs and twisting i like the old-fashioned kind but my kids are going to cincinnati this week weekend and they're going to a place called king's island which i heard might be the best amusement park in the country and i have heard from a couple of friends who are roller coaster freaks Unbelievable. So is there a place better than Kings Island out in Cincinnati? I'd like to hear from our listeners. Coach, I've never been there, uh, and I have never really been a big amusement park fan. I, I haven't been to Six Flags since, like, 1991. Shocking. Yeah, I, I put, so you, you're asking the wrong guy mm-hmm. just for, like, best amusement park experience. I've been to Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Knott's Berry Farm in California? Hey, absolutely. I've been there. Okay, it's a good time. Yeah. It's a good time. Uh, I've also, I mean, just a few other places, but I mean, not a lot. I really can't give you a, a okay. lot of expertise, but I will tell you this. If you're from Ohio, yep. you say Kings Island is the greatest. It's like, right away, I'm from Ohio. I, I bleed Buckeye, Buckeye blue, uh, Red or Scarlet, and uh, I've never been to Kings Island. It's the greatest place on earth. I mean, it's basically well, what they, in, that's how they start a conversation. In defense of those people, uh, a couple of people I've talked to from the Chicago area who have mm-hmm. been oh, in Cincinnati true. who raved about Kings Island, so it was not exactly a hometown uh, I remember, I remember a family, well, I forget the kid's name, it was like Jeff Smith was his name, how can I forget that, Chris Smith, I think, and his family would go to Kings Island every single summer, and mm-hmm. they would be like in a hotel room, and they would spend three days there, and they would make sure they went, and they would figure out the best time to like get in line for mm-hmm. different rides and stuff. I mean, they, it was a serious, serious thing. And this place, that was 25 years ago, Coach, when they would, it was such a big deal for these people. And the place was twice as big now. And I, don't they have like the world's greatest roller coaster that's opening up now? Something that like has like a 27 story drop, something crazy like that. <laughs> I mean, oh, they got something that creates the most G-forces in the history of roller oh coasters is what they have. Would, I'm not sure what the drop is, but that definitely the G-force record I would, has been broken. If I went on a drop like that, I would drop like that, if you know what I mean. Uh, I David Olson, are 27 stories. I think it's oof. I think it's just the G force thing where they get you going so fast in a turn that yeah. feels like your right. your body's gonna me come and out. me and G force have never uh, been a symbiotic relationship. David Olson, our producer, a man who has had a bit of a roller coaster life himself, but a long time amusement park guy. Yes, David. Well, two things. Number one, the one that's in Ohio that's supposed to be better than Kings Island is Cedar Point. 
you know, what part yeah, of Ohio? It's in, it's in Sandusky. Interesting. I will ask okay. them about that. Okay. And Cedar so, Point's supposed to be the best one in the country. Okay. And is Cedar Point the one right on 80? Uh, not sure. Okay, because, you know, you, you just bring up an excellent point, because now, right when you said that, I, I just really like, remember, because I have a lot of people from Ohio that live in the in my neighborhood that I live right now, and there have been arguments over which one's better. And it was Cedar Point that my buddy's friend used to play. Not Kings Island. Never heard of Cedar Point. Yeah, Dave. Uh, and then secondly, another great amusement park is Bush Gardens, where I was at this past March. In St. Louis? No, no, no. Bush Gardens is in Tampa. Ah. Yeah, that's, I've never been there, but I've heard people it's, raving it's about that. Un, <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's First of all, it's it's be, it's a beautiful amusement park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's tropical flowers everywhere, and then they've got it's like it's an amusement park combined with a zoo, so like the entire back half is like a savanna, and you could take you know you can take trams back there, you can get out and you can touch the animals and everything like that, and they've got a new roller coaster called the Cheetah that runs right through it and goes like 80 miles an hour Ooh. or something, uphill and downhill or just yeah yeah you no know, oh, straight yeah. and it loops and oh, no, that, yeah that would not be good. That would, would not be that. good. I'm an old-fashioned roller coaster guy, Big Doug. The good old kind that just kind of swerved. You know, they went fast, but it wasn't all the ups and the downs and the 27-level G-forces. You know what I mean? Swerving around. Yeah. The good old-fashioned. The Matterhorn at, at Disneyland. The uh, <laughs> the Mouse at Kittyland. There was another you know, one at yeah, Riverview. I, I hated those things. The Wizard at, at Great America. Yeah. Great America. Riverview? The, the Wizard. Yeah. The Wizard. That was horrible. That, that's when roller coasters were roller coasters. That was the best. No, no, roller coasters were roller coasters when when uh, the demon came out. Because that when the demon came out, that was state of the art. You go on the demon now, and you can fall asleep in the middle of it. Okay. <laughs> but when the demon came out early eighties, people were blown. I mean, that was like a two hour wait. Yeah. That, uh, so uh, I, now... I like the thrill. I, I was a thrill speaker, but, but there's been a horrible story recently. Uh, a young man. Uh, who just got back from Afghanistan, had lost both of his legs mm-hmm. uh, fighting for our country, was at an amusement park and was at like what, one of these brand new, like unbelievably fast roller coasters. Mm-hmm. And since he didn't have any legs, he got thrown off the roller coaster oh. and he died. And he had been back for uh, about a year and a oh. half on really changed his life around and had affected so many people. You, this story wow. was just, it's heartbreaking, Coach, when you, if you would read wow. this story. I, was it's this unbelievable. Recent? This was recent? Yeah, the, uh, within the last 10 days. I completely missed that. So, wow, that is about as heartbreaking as you get. Wow. And uh, wow. like landed, like people, like people, like he landed like where people were walking. He flew off of the, of the it was next Survive years and years of combat. In the military, overseas, you lose both your legs, and then you lose your life at a freaking amusement park. Yeah, his wow. uh, his uh, jeep was in a convoy and went over, rolled over some uh, roadside mm-hmm. mine, and and killed everybody in the in his hover. Yeah. And he was the only one who survived, but his legs were blown off. One of our many jeeps yeah. back then. Not to get too far off the beaten track, but we're already pretty deep into the beaten track here. It's a slow sports day, folks. A stream of unconsciousness with the big dog and the coach. One of the many Jeeps in the early George Bush, Dick Cheney, Halliburton days that did not have or they did not put out the expense for the protective undercoating, even though roadside bombs were among the greatest threats. Uh, uh, legitimately, the, we've had a, a string of traitors, I believe, in in office, and George Bush is one of them. With the whole Halliburton thing, Coach, I can't go on enough about my disdain for, for Dick Cheney. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say disdain. I mean, I, I, matter of fact, it's so... it's so bad, I shouldn't even 
speak on air about it because it could be criminal. I'm not kidding how much I just you, did. You use the word use the word traitor. Well, the, coach, the way they sold out this country. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That those are some of the worst human things that have ever walked through the White House. Okay. I have so, often. It, 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 it's, it's always been my opinion that the main reason we went to war with Iraq was uh, profiteering. That's it. That was the that number one it. reason. It's the, pretty. The hundreds you have to think. Of billions of dollars that went through these particular companies that, by the way, were all set up by all their friends. All their friends own these companies, and all of a sudden we're going to war. And instead of paying a soldier his payment and saying, oh, you know what, you're not a very good soldier, you're a private, you're not very good at stuff, so you're going to wash our dishes. Instead, they give $250,000 to Halliburton to find somebody to wash dishes. They pay this dude $100,000. go. Why don't we just pay somebody $25,000 that was in the U.S. military instead of wasting a half a million dollars on the same. I mean, it, it's so bad, Coach. I, this, I, I mean, that's the small and obvious example. But the, uh, the ridiculous stuff that they would do, but they, they couldn't afford to put plating on the bottom of these young men's jeeps. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that why, was... Why don't one of your friends start up a, we call it a, a Humvee plating company, okay, to save these kids, if that's mm-hmm. what it takes, whatever, just... Because that's it, you read in the paper. That's how a good majority—I don't even know a good majority—but a large amount of them uh, of the casualties and the serious injuries were those roadside bombs, which been, you would think if you had 500, 500 deaths and who knows how many casualties. Yeah. So. so get something underneath those jeeps. Uh, well, if no, it's, it, it, it's, it's, I, it's, they have reinforced them. Those things have been reinforced, but it took mm-hmm. what five years? Don't forget, we, yeah. we invaded in March of '03. Right. Okay. If the so, technology was there, we should have been doing it. But exactly. you, know, you know me now. I'm, when the arrow's pointing to the liberal side, you know, my arrow's pretty strong into that area. But I don't know. Think about what you're saying, you and David Olson here. If, if in fact, the main the reason that they... Somebody, other people have, the information is out there, Coach. I know. But, I, I, but my okay. point is I want you to really think about what you're saying, that if, in fact, in a premeditated way... They were going to start a war and send our young men, and obviously they knew there would be casualties, to a war. And the primary reason they were doing was profiting for their company. Think about the evilness of that thought process. That's pretty strong level of badness, if I could use uh, that word. Just to let you know, I have my own thoughts about our, our current president and how him and his friends are profiteering off of this country, too, Coach. Mm-hmm. So I, I, don't, I don't think you'd want to... Uh, really get into that debate here. Okay. But, I, yes, I do believe that the previous okay. presidency, that's... that's exactly what they did. And I, I'd be more than happy to accuse them because, quite honestly, it did. Dick Cheney used to run Halliburton, Coach. Now, I know the whole connection. $100 billion through there. $100 billion is a lot of money. I don't care if it's over 10 years or 8 years. That's... Big time. I, that's enough to skim a little bit off and put it in your friend's pocket. I understand that whole connection. I'm just saying that's that's a strong statement to make, and if proven true, I mean, you could put someone to death for that kind of. So that's that's what I, I honestly believe that they're traitors. Wow, strong, very so, strong. Yes, David. Well, I mean, there was this huge movement to try try the old administration for war crimes. There, there was a yeah. huge push for that. Yes, and uh, that's not going to happen because if they do, they're going to have to. They're going to have to try this administration for war crimes, also. No, that's true. But, that's true. So, I mean, it's, it's funny because whenever they bring that up, they just shut up. So, you know what? If, if the if the liberals want to target these guys, 
Don't target them for uh, waterboarding somebody. Why don't they target them for set invading an entire country for the reason of profiteering? The, there's enough. I mean, I know, I guess you would say it would all be, uh, what do you have the evidence? Uh, circumstantial. Mm-hmm. But my God, there's eight years of circumstantial evidence of uh, what? How, I mean, legitimately, David, how much, Coach, how much do you think Halliburton is probably, it's a, it cost them, the, the U.S. is spending about $400 billion a year on the war. How much do you think has gone through Halliburton? Yeah. I mean, at least $100 billion that they've spent. It, there's been over a trillion dollars. You know, they, they give all the legitimate reasons. Dick Cheney was out of it. Halliburton had the best product and yada, yada, yada. Bottom line is it does not even come close to passing the smell test. If you no. go to war and your closest confidante is a guy who used to be involved with the company that is going to profit so very, very much from the going into war. That is, that's that's just a tough thing to get past. Even Coach, if it's legitimate or they claim it, it's, it's a tough thing to get past. Coach, it, 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 but it's not just Halliburton. There were dozens of major companies that were owned by their friends and mm-hmm. major campaign contributors who all of a sudden had companies that, we're servicing and either giving products or people to the United States government. And it was basically an open checkbook. Ladies and so, gentlemen, and, and, from, from roller coaster rides and the big dog's frail psychological condition to the uh, political forefront back in the uh, early 2000s and the George Bush still, era. There's still stuff like that going on now. Yep. There's no way you get elected without major money. Yep. Okay, and I hate to, I hate to. I'm not uh, happy to, you, you, to spoil the, your rosy eyeglasses about our current president, but well, he, he's he, in order to get elected, he got just as dirty. Maybe, maybe he is doing something a little different. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Halliburton thing is disgusting to anyone, but you know what? I'm sure he's profiteering off it now because all of a sudden, yeah. we're still there. I'm, I'm with you a little bit. I'm not, you know, I, I don't completely wear the rose-colored glasses with the Barack Obama. I am a supporter. I think the guy's an incredibly sharp guy, smart guy, and for the most part of goodwill. But the political thing, the presidency is definitely affecting him. You can see it. And I, I saw a letter to the editor, which I completely agreed with, and the gist of it was, hey, if we're, we should not be paying Barack Obama to fly around the country to different fundraising events and political campaign events to build up his coffee. If he wants to do that, that should be on his penny, on his dime, not only the flight, but the security men, et cetera, et cetera. We'll pay for him. I don't mind paying for him to fly around to represent our country at various, you know, United Nations or, or you know, meeting heads of states from other countries. But for political purposes, first yeah. of all, stop the time campaigning and start running the country that's the most important thing and second of all we shouldn't be paying for it so i, I don't have total rosy color, color glass yeah, when it comes to Barack. every president who does it it bothers me yes but the simple fact you're already president let that speak for yep. your campaign yep this is what i did as your president okay that, that's i never really understood that why uh why that's allowed and, and, and I, plus the white house has so much control over how the president is actually looked at too. So it's, I mean, there's been there to make him look as good as possible anyway. So why do you need to campaign? Completely agree. And I guarantee the mindset of people right now, they're so tired of the commercials, the campaign, the fundraising event. If any, and I've said this before, if any candidate, even a senatorial congressional candidate or president, it, it could apply to any level. If they'd come out with a statement saying, hey, you know, Tim Pawlenty, I was elected 
to be the governor of Minnesota, and that's a tough job. And you know, we got struggles here and struggles there. Uh, you know, I am going to stay in the state of Minnesota and work. I do want to be the president of the United States. I would love that honor. I think I can help out. Here's my position statement. I'm not going to spend a ton of time fundraising. If you want to uh, donate money. Please do so to the following charities that I so deeply am involved in. Don't donate to my fundraising campaign. I'll put out a position statement. I'll have a few debates where I discuss it. Uh, again, I'd love to be your president, but I will serve full-time as the governor of Minnesota. If they came out okay, with that. Yeah, but he, okay, Coach, but they, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. That is beautiful what you just Thank said. Thank you. And it, wouldn't it be nice if that could happen? It would work. Here's, here's it's more than rosy color. That would work. The, no, it, no, it wouldn't. Yes, it problem. would. No, it wouldn't. Yes, it would. Because an oil company and a couple and a couple drug companies would come in, pay for their guy that they want, and yep. spend a million dollars in investigating Jack Palenti to find out every single thing he ever did in his entire oh. life. And if, and if he was the clean whatever type guy, then they would still figure something out. They would bury this guy. Yeah, There's but no way that I know the whole gung ho true American spirit. Hopefully, maybe yeah. Twitter and Facebook have opened us up, and we can get a little bit more honesty. Well, big dog. Let me let, some weird way. Yeah, but let me let, let me let me stop you there. It doesn't matter if they were to come out with my unique philosophy or the traditional philosophy. Any candidate running for a high office right now, their background is checked, double checked, triple checked. Anything that they've done is going to come out. So I'm missing your point. They would, uh, but if you're it going up against the oil companies or drug companies, which basically, in order to get elected, they're the ones who are funding people because. That's the, those are the those are the companies affected most by policy yeah, I, in Washington D.C. and and even at local yeah, levels. I understand so, that, but why would it make a difference if my candidate came out with the unique approach I just said versus if my candidate did the traditional approach? Why would that affect the because, amount? Uh, because if you're saying that he's basically going to run a campaign without raising any money, yes. Okay. Well, the other the drug companies and oil companies will hammer that dude. Why? There's no way. There's no way you could it, to win a, a, a governorial, no, gubernatorial election you're, you're, in America nowadays with no money versus yeah. big oil and the drug company coach. It would it would take a miracle. But if so. maybe like Twitter and like Facebook and new social media yes. have helped, and maybe we're not, I, I shouldn't be as uh, pessimistic. That's, that's, it would our, it would spread. Like, I'm telling you, the people are so ready for a different atmosphere, a different mood, a different. Take a different technique for a candidate. Believe me, the candidate, uh, the, the commercials on TV and the campaigning and the fundraising, all these millions of dollars going to their campaign funds, I'm telling you. And, and Facebook and Twitter would be a great way it would spread. People are ready to jump on a candidate if he was the right guy who took that approach. Okay, so Coach, just say that approach started taking off. Yes. The, the way I would look at it is this. I don't care what particular uh, – I don't care – no, no, I would. I, they would have to have certain there's certain beliefs that I would just have to have a, a free will and uh, as yes. an individual. But free willy. Okay, you can make fun of free will and all that stuff, coach. But no, free fan, willy. But, well, I don't like. I don't care about free willy. I'm so, a big, long time fan of free will. Continue. But the thing is, that person would not be bought off. Would not be beholden to anybody. That's the problem. People don't, it's, it's so funny, you see all this campaign ads, even if there are real good old and positive, hey, look, he's with his family, he must have morals. Look, he took a picture with the dog, too. You know, that cracks me up. Every time I see that, I always think, oh, that guy right there definitely is having sex with his secretary. <laughs> Every, you know, when I see certain pictures, well, look at him, he's with his family. Yep. And the wife looks all happy with her fake smile. That, you know what I mean? Like, that guy's really on a vacation in Argentina with his... Uh... 
with his love lost. What did uh, what did the guy call it? His soul, soul, his soulmate. Thank you very much. I'm thinking soul sister. Hey, soul sister. All right. And before we move on to other things, I yes. just want to point out that Rudy Giuliani tried a similar approach to what you – yeah, exactly. He tried a similar approach to what you're talking about, yeah. and he couldn't even get 10% in the primaries. Yeah, I'm not so yeah, sure yeah, he because, tried. There you go. He, he, did, he, he did. Everybody. He did. He did. He did. Republicans, but he just poo him. No, I'm poo-pooing Rudy Giuliani. I can't stand that. I used to like him. I can't stand him now. Hey, real quick, let's go out to the phone line. We have a uh, caller that wants to jump in on the conversation, taking a quick break from sports. We'll get back to it here. A little stream of unconsciousness on a rainy Friday here in the city of Chicago. Our phone number, if you want to check in, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Out the line number nine it is, and caller Brian checking in. Brian, how are you? Hey, this is Vex. Oh, I'm sorry, Max. What's up, Vex? <laughs> well, Joel knew I was calling in. Uh, didn't oh. really, I, I, I didn't call in for politics today, but you know that that always seems to be the the burning uh, subject these days. And and I kind of agree with you. It's like this guy's been campaigning for the last man. What feels like ten years, <laughs> but you know he's already president. So I don't know why you keep you know telling us what you're going to do and just do something. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. I, love, I love him. I voted for him. Do something. Oh, no, that's, that's all presidents. Because this, this happens every presidency. They start campaigning for re-election. I, I, I think there should be, maybe, maybe do they have to say it because the American people are so dumb. By the way, we're not campaigning. We don't, we can care less about that. We'll, right. we'll, we'll show up at the debates and we'll show up at the primaries. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, would, it would be nice to have some, a president actually do that. Yeah. It's, it's cool to, to, to come in and, and and go to disaster areas and 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 you know and wave the flag on the Fourth of July and all that stuff. But dude, really, what have you done for the country? I mean, I know you inherited problems from George Bush. You know, there's a lot of problems, but still, you haven't fixed one of them. Well, that's know, not you, true. The, that's it doesn't feel true. like you fixed any of them. Well, 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 coach, how about this? How about this? Uh, and by the way, Brian Baxter is on on the on the show because I forgot to tell you because I got home at like three in the morning after work. Wait, <laughs> oh, you mean this is a guest yeah, we were supposed they, to introduce? Yeah. You're killing yeah, me, Big Dog. Yeah, exactly what he does. <laughs> this is Vax. Okay, Coach, he's been on the show before. We've talked to him, but now he, on Sunday, he's releasing his first solo rap album. Wow. Yeah, this so, time I am releasing an album on people. Wow. <laughs> Typically, when I'm in the studio with Joel, Brian, that uh, Joel releases on a regular basis, but believe nah, I'm me, it sure. has nothing to, to do with rap. I used to work with Joel, and he released all the Woo. time. I had to run out of the break room. Some serious strong releasing. <laughs> 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 but yeah, uh, Sunday, <laughs> I am having a, a CD release party. It's at the Dark Room. That's uh, 2210 West Chicago Avenue, right near Chicago and Western. People who don't know. Mm-hmm. If you like hip hop music and, you know, just uh, not what's on the radio, more old school feel, more Tribe Called Quest, Run DMC, uh, Public Enemy, that's more my style. You'll enjoy this show. Come down, it's five bucks, and you'll enjoy it. I guarantee you, it's going to be a good time. And the five dollars does not go. Let's get this right out in front. Not go to any political campaigns. Correct? It does not go to any political okay. campaign. <laughs> it actually goes to independent artists like yeah. myself and other artists who are on the bill who are trying to actually make a profit off their art. Beautiful. At the you know? dark. Give me the location of the dark room once again. The dark room is twenty two ten West Chicago Avenue, okay. right near Chicago and Western. See, uh, I'm going to start early on Sunday. Okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go Motel Bar, which is right on Chicago Avenue. I'm gonna <laughs> yes, head on down. 
Then I'm going to head on down to the map room, and by then I'm going to need a map to figure out where the dark room is, but luckily it's only going to be another half a block west on Chicago Avenue. So I, I can't wait for Sunday night, I, because I've been working pretty hard all week, and I'm not doing anything until Sunday night. So I'm going to, and trust me, I, and I know one thing, if you like big booty girls, you definitely want to be in the dark room. Oh, yeah, room. I'll have those by, by the truckload, my friend. <laughs> now, Brian, how do, what is your connection with uh, my farm partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski? And remember, we are a family sports show, so uh, please answer in the appropriate <laughs> appropriate level. Uh, it, it's a work connection through Nike. Okay. Yeah, so me and him both work together in Nike. I still work in Nike. I'm at Nike right now. You mean you're uh, an old Nike Town uh, connection of the big dog? Uh, I am old Nike Town wow, connection of the big dog. Yeah, dog, that's that's over a decade ago, correct? Yeah, well, so you got to yeah. understand something, Coach, and, and I and I mean this. I don't just like make friends with anybody, and I don't. Steve actually know that, but if I no, make he friends doesn't. With somebody, he doesn't like many people. <laughs> and then, but if I'm friends with you, I'm friends with you forever. So like, I had like six friends from Nike Town, and of the two friends I've ever lost in my entire life, one of them is one of those guys. But I'm still those five guys I stay in contact with all the time. But now, no, Vax. We do something on this show called Close Encounters of a Shoe Kind. Now, it's normally my stories of what I would do to athletes. Because you know how, like, a lot of times somebody will mess up to me and she come running to me, Joe, Joe, tell me who this player is. He just called me a minimum dollar an hour. But remember, what is right. your favorite story of an athlete coming into Nike Town and either just either being really cool to you or just doing something absolutely goofy? Well, you know, I think I, I told this story last time I was on the show. Is how uh, Ricky Henderson came in and, and, and stole a pair of shoes, <laughs> like literally. So like the, the leading the, the stolen leading, base leader of all time stole a pair time. of shoes. Because wow. you have to understand, athletes they come in and they have you know a certain quota of free things they can get, yep. but they have to wait in line like regular customers. So Henderson comes in, gets some shoes, and looked around and was just like, you know what, I'm out of here. And everybody's like, Mr. Henderson, you have to. What is he doing? He was like, Nope, I'm gone. I gotta go. Peace. Goodbye. <laughs> just left. But they were like, Ricky Henderson just stole some shoes. But he was going to get him comped anyways, right? Yeah, yeah he, he was, was. But you know, because of inventory, and we have to write it up and right. you know, fake ring it up. All right, that's that's know, not like, as bad though as if he would have actually owed. You know, a guy who's a multi multimillionaire. No, he bad. was just he was just leaving my area, by the way. And the whole time, because every time there's a few people who came in, that Eddie Vedder, Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson is my favorite baseball player of all time. You can't even compare it. So, like, he would come in, and I would start talking about particular seasons. I'd be like, man, in 85, you hit 25 home runs, hit 324 with 80 stolen bases. I was like, Ricky, I had every one of your cards. The posters were all now, over my wall. Now oh, I know really? why Ricky Henderson left, so he probably thought Joe was one of his many stalkers. Well, he probably he was, so. He's like, I got to get he out was, of here. <laughs> he was with some, like, really beautiful Latina. And That's about right. Uh, yeah, he uh, yeah, he was a married man. Is the best way for me to put it. So maybe yeah, he didn't want to. And speaking of Eddie Vedder, I, I nearly had him arrested when he came in here because I, I wasn't sure who he was. You know, I imagine it's like 1998. You know, the the Bulls are the, the hottest team in the world. You know, everybody loves Chicago, and Eddie Vedder comes in, no shoes, dirty T-shirt, ripped up jeans, socks, look, looking like a bum. I'm talking about a bum, like a guy you would give change to on the street, or maybe not. <laughs> so he walks in and he says to me, hey, bro, I want to get the new Jordans. I was like, yeah, okay. So I go around the corner, order the Jordans. But at the same time, I jump on the phone and I'm calling security like, hey, you need to come get this guy. 
He's gotten here trying to get some Jordans. He's probably going to take them, blah, blah, blah. And then he gets to the counter, and he pulls his hair back, and it's Eddie Vedder. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out a wad of money, and then he starts paying for his shoes, and there's some kid behind him, and he says to the kid, hey, what are you getting? He was like, I'm just getting some cross trainers or whatever. He was like, nah, man, nah, get some Jordans. Hey, get some Jordans for him too, man. So he <laughs> buys the kids some Jordans and says, yeah, here's some Bulls tickets. And I was just like, okay. So Eddie Vedder's cool and almost had him arrested. <laughs> Brian Bax, our special guest on the uh, Two Guys at a Mike show. We didn't know he was going to be our special guest, but he is our special. We like surprises here on yeah, the show. That's outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> that time, is outstanding. Sunday, so Sunday night at the Dark Room, uh, and you'll be giving a performance, right? A performance, yes, Beautiful, sir. beautiful. And the CDs will be available, $5 per CD. Big Dog will try to get down there and, uh, yeah, you know. I hope you can. If you, and if you don't think you can make it and you just want to, you know, hear some, some music or a preview of a music, mm-hmm. just go to ReverbNation.com slash B-V-A-X, B-V-A-X. Mm-hmm. All right. So, you know, cool. Reverb Nation. It's a music site, and just uh, type in B-V-A-X, and I'll pop up there with a picture and everything, and music will come on. You may be pleasantly surprised. With the picture or the music? <laughs> Both. The picture and the music. We got a, we got a lot of single females out there that uh, already are stalking Joel. Brian, you might uh, you might be getting a few hits. Oh, you. good. You know, yeah, you, you a single know. African American man. You know, absolutely. Oh, I'm not yeah, bad absolutely. looking. I, I could do in a pinch. I mean, I'm no no big dog, but yeah, yeah. I, I certainly you know get my share. I, I try to get his leftovers if I can. Got, got to do what you got to do. No question about it. Before we let you go, Brian, on a sports front, God forbid, we actually talk sports on the show. Is there a particular team? Are you a Chicago guy? You root for the teams? I'm totally or? a Chicago guy. Um, I don't know right now if I should be even talking Chicago sports. Come on now, because I'm a White Sox fan, 100. percent You know, we definitely need a closer. We're trying to get one. If Ozzy can just stop cursing people out, and you know, <laughs> believe it or not. Even though I'm a Sox fan, I, I would like to see the Cubs win before I die. <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Maybe my my son's son will, will see that happen because big dog. Remember our, our motto with the Cubs is they were struggling. We carried this on through May, early June. David Olson, I don't know how long it's going to. Our motto for a long time this season was, "Don't worry, it's only April." Yes, sir. And at this point, I, I don't know. We've milked that baby as long as we can go, I think. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, the, the cow was milked out. Next next year, Brian, next year is going to be our year. Yeah, I'm looking at next year right now myself. Hopefully not next year for the NFL, but yeah, yeah, definitely next year for the Cubs. You know, eight months ago, being a Chicago fan was the greatest thing in the world. Derrick Rose was exploding. <laughs> right, the, the, the Blackhawks may, may or may not have tried to repeat. But hey, and, and now Rose, you're looking man, at it. He's, he's strong. He just needs help. That's all. The, the Cubs and White Sox in the depths of whatever. Okay, the Blackhawks. We don't know if they'll ever be great again. And the Chicago Bulls could definitely contend for the NBA championship next year if correct. there's a season. That is correct. Have don't. fun being a Chicago sports fan right now. Hey, all big dog. The Bears. September 11th, Northwestern opens at home in football against Ohio University. It was September 10th, and I'm all <laughs> fired up for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Brian Bax, great to hear from you. Good luck with the CD. Hopefully people can get out to the dark room this Sunday. Give us the uh, website. People can check you out one more time. All right, ReverbNation.com slash B-V-A-X. Beautiful. Beautiful. Brian, we appreciate you joining us. Apologize. Normally we give huge intros to our guests because, quite frankly, we don't get that many guests. So I apologize. <laughs> That's fine. You, you were brought in like a regular caller, but you're one of our brethren. We love you. That is fine. Thank you, Coach. All I right. appreciate it. There you go. Thank you, Brian. Later, back.
All right, 888-463-6748. Program note, okay. Joel, program note. Next time we have a guest, let us know. Uh, yeah, you know what? I've been so busy <laughs> this week. You've been doing the show solo. I was doing the show solo. And then all of a sudden, right when I heard his voice, and right when he said Brian, I was like, oh, no. I was like, I can't believe I forgot to tell David Olsen that we're having a guest. Uh, I thought, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. And that, that's, that, that's my boy. I love the guy. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel real bad, especially considering he's, you know, he said he's having this yep. this this event and i'm like hey i'll put you on my show so i invited him on and i'm the one who forgets to tell those producers all right we're on a very tight schedule here on the show we advertised on our facebook page and david olson's program schedule uh from 10 just turned 10 30s from 10 37 to 10 38 we have one minute dedicated to the cubs houston astro series this weekend big dog you've got about 45 seconds Cubs, why don't you look at this as you're the 27 yankees and this is the <laughs> Uh, the 1931 Philadelphia Ace. This is going to be a battle of two teams that, well, they can't beat anybody else in Major League Baseball. These are the only other teams that they could beat. So now they're finally playing somebody at their level. This is going to be a tooth and nail fight, Coach. A dog-eat-dog world. I cannot wait to watch these next three games. And remember, Big Dog, it's a dog-eat-dog world, and you're wearing milk bone underwear. I I wish I was. Oh, all right. And no, I, I kid, but I don't want to kid because I still am supporting the Chicago Cub and rooting for him. I, I do worry a little bit about the psychological condition of our manager, Mike Quade. Clearly, big dog, it's getting to him. When I say it's, it's, it's the losing, the frustration, the press, the media, the buildup, all that. It's getting to him. I think Mike Quade, a good guy, but it is starting to affect him. Yeah, he doesn't seem to be so. It, it, you know, when he was all chipper and happy and, yep. and being positive early, you know, I was all for it, and I still want it now, but it seems to be a little bit more like fake positivity, like the fake smile going mm-hmm. on. Like, you're the one that you yeah. have yeah. with a, a clown at a child's party that makes you awfully uncomfortable. Yep. But he has that type of smile right now. Well, you know, th- hey, they're in professional athletes because they are competitors. They all have great competitive instincts i would think that's one of the primary things you have to have at that level and uh when you're losing it hurts it's digging at him it's eating at him someone needs to, hopefully his wife his kids somebody needs to take him aside and just you know hey relax mike you're doing a hell of a job uh and stop yelling at two young players because they lost a fly ball in the sun that I mean, was talk, ridiculous that was ridiculous oh uh, uh, yeah why is he okay first of all those are the Guys that are performing for you, yes. first and foremost. So, yeah, they made a mistake. And I, I do like that you were holding them uh, to a different level, even though they're rookies, because Lose, they play the middle infield. I, I appreciate that. But losing that, a but, ball in the sun, it wasn't like they didn't hustle. It wasn't yeah, like they exactly. weren't thinking before the play and made a mental mistake. They lost the ball in the sun. Give me yeah. a break. Yeah, it was uh, not, not a better moment for our manager. Yeah, could be. I don't know if you, you're too young to remember. Lou, Leo DeRocher, the no, manager, no, I, famous I, I, manager of the Cubs, he took... He went AWL for three days, just took off up to a camp up in Wisconsin to visit his son. I have a lot of stories about that. Not time to get into it. Maybe Mike Quade needs a little little two-day vacation, Big Dog. Let somebody else manage the team, come back Monday refreshed and ready to go. Uh, yeah, like that's ever going to happen. That's, I mean, besides Leo the Lip, when did that ever, stuff like that ever happen in the history yeah. of the game? It's a good Definitely not to somebody that hasn't even been manager for a full year yet. Yep. You know, but, and yeah, it has a losing record in that. But you have to you have to admit a couple days up at Kings Island, the roller coaster theme park, little water park action up in Cincinnati. Bring Coach Quade back on Monday. He'd be a better man for it. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but it would be beneficial. 
I think it would be better for all of us. Yes, I, yeah. I would agree with that. Go yeah, give him a little bit of a break. All right, that, we went past our one minute a lot of time. I apologize, David Olson. Chicago White Sox are mired in yet another slump. Just can't seem to quite fight their way out of it. Their pitching has been decent. Can't hit their way out of a paper bag right now. They're taking on Cleveland at Cleveland. Big dog, pretty big series for the Sox. You know how it is now. A sweep, two out of three. Against the Cleveland Indians, you, you cut the gap a little bit, and all the ill will can be for one winning streak by the White Sox can put a lot of the previous 90-game ill will in the backseat. Absolutely, especially as hot as we know that the White Sox can get. Mm-hmm. They're one of those teams that go on those ridiculous runs, and they're still in a position where you can say, hey, if they get hot, they can win the division. So no reason to you know board up the house yet. But, uh, you know, I'm going to get to Adam Don for a second because he said uh, something I want to get into, but... You know, people have ripped on, what about Alex Rios? He hasn't hit at all yet this season either, okay? I mean, he's hit, what, about 210 with seven home runs, maybe? You know, so mm-hmm. I know everybody's undone, but Alex Rios, I mean, he's probably the happiest person in the world done is struggling because he's having a horrific year also. So he needs to he needs to get his head out of his butt. But Adam Dunn said that, if he isn't having fun anymore, he'll quit. And he was basically insinuating that he'd walk away from yep. the $44 million that's owed to him. He did this on some, was it a website interview? Was not I'm on not a, sure. On who? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I was watching MLB yeah. baseball this morning. Right when I turned it, they were talking about it. So I don't, and then they, they, so I don't know where they got the quote from. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure where. It was not a major station. It was one of those, you know, internet websites. I mean, not a, obscure. It was... But it wasn't like an ESPN interview. But, yeah, I saw some of the comments, and, uh, boy, you got to be careful of what you say because some of the gist of it was, if I'm not having fun, I'm going to quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it, did, not, that did not come off no. well at all. No, that's not what the average fan wants to hear for a struggling player. Got a $56 million contract. Just As soon as you hear the word quit, even insinuated, that's that's not a good thing. No, not at all. And you know what? I, I thought his deal was more expensive, and so it's not as bad of a deal as I, as I thought it was for the for the White Sox. Mm-hmm. But still, fifty six million dollars over four years. I mean, you got to drive in four hundred runs, don't you? Don't you? A major disappointment. I would think so. Mm-hmm. I would think so. I, hopefully, our general managers and general managers and owners and all professional sports I, you know the best one of the best things that could happen is them stop giving the long term multi-million dollar contract cut that crap out bring the contracts back to a normal level it will help the games it will help the fans cuz prices could be a little bit cheaper but those long term i mean the the multi-million dollar contracts bother me to begin with big dog it disgusts me a little bit that they're getting that much money but the ones that really kill you are the 5 7 9 years where they're guaranteed all that money it's just Oof, it's a recipe for disaster down the road. Yeah, it is. It is, and not too many of them have panned out. I mean, Barry Zito got $126 million by the Giants. You know, that makes Alfonso Soriano uh, signing not look so bad, if you think about it, because Soriano at least gave the Cubs 07 and 08. Yep. I know I know he had his, his his bad points in those two years, but I mean, I mean, at least offensively, he was a he was awesome during mm-hmm. those two years. So at least the Cubs had that. The very deal thing, they got nothing out of him. No, yeah, that was that was. It seems like there's been more and more of this. I can only hope that if there's enough of them, maybe the owners and GMs will learn. But the problem is, all it takes is one owner. Mm-hmm. to offer for one particular player. The other 30 could say, no, this is ridiculous, his demands. All it takes is one out of the 30-whatever 
and that one offers them, and the damage is done. That's the problem. It's not majority yeah. vote. The Yankees give uh, the Yankees never learned their lesson. They gave Carl Pavano and Jamie Wright forty million and got like five wins total out of both of those guys. AJ Burnett they give eighty three million dollars to. You know, to share will never live up to how much money that he's getting paid by the Yankees. If this year he's hitting two forty, maybe less than that. Okay, everybody talks. Yeah, he's a Gold Glove defender and he's going to drive in a lot of runs, which is that's I guess you know important, but. Right now, he's kind of like Carlos Pena. He's hitting 230, and he strikes out all the time. Yep. You know, so, I mean, these guys, uh, CC though, I know he's making a lot of money, but he has earned it as a Yankee because they rode him to the World Championship uh, in, in 2009. You know, so uh, you can't deny that, Coach. That, that Yankee team rode CC Sabathia to that championship. First and, baseman of the Yankees, Mark Teixeira. Supposed to say, yeah, supposed many, to say, uh, any contract over $80 million what, to see whether it's worth To be honest with you, I, I looked at Carlos Beltran's career with yeah. the Mets yesterday. Yeah. So he's in the end of a, the last year of a seven-year $119 million yeah. deal. See, that's exactly the kind I'm talking about. Well, he actually was a lot better than I thought. Still, he was overpaid. There's no doubt he was overpaid, but it was funny. It was like I thought it was like a real uh, abject failure. But after looking at a coach, he he actually had a couple really decent seasons with mm-hmm. the Mets. So, uh, and, and Ron Darling said he's the greatest outfielder in Mets history, without a doubt. And I was like, really? Well, if Ron I, Darling, I was kind of surprised, but you know, Ron Darling played with Daryl Strawberry, yeah. has been the the color guy for seven years, and he knows what how good Carlos Beltran is with the Mets. So. Better better than Cleo James or uh, Ron Swoboda or uh, an Eddie Cranepool. Shocking. I don't know how you can overlook Mookie Wilson, Coach. <laughs> and Ellis Valentine, he was awesome uh, on right field for them for a while. Who could forget? Mammaries. Uh, oh, the mammaries. Hey, uh, real quick, let's finish up the baseball talk, and then I do want to get to uh, bigger than the New York Yankees, bigger than the Dallas Cowboys, the number one franchise in all of sports, and they're here in Chicago today, so I want to finish up with that. But, dog, real quick on the baseball round, I'm up, wrap them up. Great series has been going on. I think it might have ended, but Anaheim knocked off Texas in the rubber game. There was a one to nothing game. Great matchup. Two great rivals, the Angels and the Rangers. Got to be, uh, you know, that's a 15 round boxing match right to the finish. Jared Weaver and CJ Wilson, great game. Dropped fly ball. A dropped fly ball was the only error of the game, Doug. Only run, yeah, only run. A one nothing game, and it's an unearned run. C.J. Wilson of the Rangers, the, the hard, hard luck loser. Yep. And uh, Jared Weaver, coach, I mean, he started out on fire, hair on fire. Then uh, a couple bad games, and you're like, oh, okay, he's he's not he's going to have a great season, not like unbelievable. Well, the last five or six starts, he's back to being unbelievable again. And he's got the fourth lowest ERA by any right-handed pitcher um at the all since like at this point in the season, like ninety games in, mm-hmm. uh, in the last like fifty years, wow. so only only like Roger Clemens, Pedro Martinez, uh, Kenny Holtzman were lower. Believe it or not, well, Kenny, oh, it was just any pitcher. It was any American mm-hmm. League pitcher, not just right hand, just any American League pitcher. Guys had a lot of potential for years. This year, it's finally coming to fruition. Another great pitching duel. Tampa Bay knocks off the Yankees two to one. CC Sabathia, your guy, the aforementioned one in defeat. He got outpitched by another Cy Young candidate, James Shields. But a great game as Tampa Bay knocks off the Yanks 2-1. to one. Yeah, they call him Big Game James. This kid from Tampa Bay, Coach, I, I, I swear to you, every time I watch him, I mean, I'm, MLB Network always has every single Rays, Yankees, Rays, 
uh, Red Sox game on because if it's a possible first, like, you know, a contending team on the American League East, they, they put it on television. Um, but every time this kid pitches against the Red Sox or the Yankees, he dominates them, dominates them. So they call him Big Game James, and he, I can see why. The, kid, the kid's really good. He had uh, what he, one run, seven and two-thirds mm-hmm. like yesterday against uh Against the yeah, he was game. brilliant. Uh, Cy Young candidate, James Shield. We talked about Jared Weaver pitching yesterday. Another, maybe the top three candidates. We'll put this guy's name into it, too. Detroit knocks off Minnesota 6-2. to two. By the way, you know how Minnesota dominates the White Sox? Well, Detroit, uh-huh. the Tigers now have won 10 consecutive games over the Minnesota Twins. How about that? But it was Justin Verlander again. Big dog, eight innings, gave up one run, a couple of, or I think four or five hits. He is a, a leading candidate for the Cy Young. Well, yeah, hopefully... Uh, all these pitchers continue to pitch every fifth day for a while, so we can have like uh, the American League Cy Young race every yes. every fifth day for the next couple of weeks. Because <laughs> uh-huh. you know Josh Beck is going to be throwing uh, well tomorrow, so he probably can't get in the middle of this. But Felix Hernandez is throwing today, so maybe uh, all those guys will have an off day, and we could uh, have an American League Cy Young battle every fifth day. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All right, a little baseball round him up, wrap him up, and uh, and again, just as a side note, you know, everybody in Chicago, we mentioned this yesterday. Oh, down, we can't wait till football. Baseball's boring, you know. The, you know, the momentum is dead. Our Sox and our Cubs, yada yada yada. You know what? There's more baseball outside the Sox. If you're a baseball fan, look around. There's a lot of good stuff going on in Major League Baseball. If you're a fan, big dog. Plenty to get excited about. Disappointed with your Cub or Sox, yes, but it doesn't mean you got to turn yourself off of baseball. I think you'd agree. Well, good. Yeah, I more than agree. This has been a phenomenal season. Yes. Six races are going to go down to the wire. Yeah. Honestly, this is going to be one of the better years in the history of baseball. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, Ramos Ramirez can convince some team to pick up his option for next year so he yep. waves his no-trade clause and the Cubs can get bring a number-one starter. Bring us a couple of good young pitchers or a number-one starter. I agree. Hey, real quick, in the city of Chicago here, again, our show via the Internet, going to uh, seven – all seven continents. The other six continents where the sport of soccer and or football is the biggest sport out there. We talk the Yankees and football. The Dallas Cowboys are the uh, most wealthy franchise. They're worth the most. But the number one sports franchise in the world, big dog, they're here in Chicago today. They're known as Manchester United. Yeah, and if, if you want to know the difference between the English Premiership League and uh, and uh, the American League, what it was called, the MLS, not, I'm not knocking them, but yeah, major league soccer, the Mm -hmm. Seattle Shock, Sounders, the Sounders, Sounders. Okay, they played Manchester United a couple days ago, and Manchester United won seven to nothing. But it was closer than the score would indicate. Oh, oh, really, (laughs) really. I'll have to check that one on seven classic for the uh, fans that are not familiar with the football. Seven to nothing in soccer, equivalent to what in football? Big uh, our football. Seventy to nothing. 80 to nothing? Mm. I wouldn't call it 49 nothing, Coach. Yeah, okay. Point well taken. Point, our Chicago Fire will play them tomorrow. Hopefully the score won't be 7 to nothing. But uh, they are, the, the I think, $1.87 billion is what they're worth. The uh, franchise, professional sports franchise, worth the most in all of sports. I don't know. Uh, Malcolm Glazer owns them. The Who? guy that owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, that is correct. And uh, that's why I don't understand... Why the Bucks, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have to uh, have the Bears play in England? Because you know, uh, Malcolm Glazer wants to expand, um, you know, American football into England. 
Why, do, why bring the Bears? The Bears always sell out in Tampa. People from Chicago go down there in droves. Why don't they take some some team in in the United States that they're playing that is definitely not going to travel to Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just I want the Bears to win this year. I don't want them dealing with yeah. having to go to England. And On the by other the way, hand, uh, I was going to say the Bears have not exactly had great luck in recent years down in Tampa. I don't think. Well, no, no, they haven't. They used to have great luck back yeah. in the day. But, yeah, now they, the last couple of years, but it's been the a new regime down in Tampa Bay. Uh-huh. There, there was like, oh, that one year they lost 49 to nothing. That was ugly. That was like, the, yeah. no, it was 41 to nothing. It was like the worst loss. It was the Bears yeah. fan in 2000. It was just much, much closer than the score would indicate, I'm sure. But just on another thing, very happy that the, the Hall of Fame game has been officially canceled. Oh, damn. So we don't have to worry about the, the Bears playing an extra damn. preseason game either. So I, right. I was pretty happy with that. I canceled so. family vacation plans for the Hall of Fame game. Yes, David. And the players aren't going to vote on the deal today. Okay. Yeah, so that, yeah, they, we're not, yeah. Is it, did you know why, coach? Well, you know, that, I was going to ask, are they delaying to rub it into the owners a little bit that we're going to start? No, no, it? no. The owners kind of left out a couple things they weren't supposed to leave out. Ah, so they're, exactly. they're taking issue. Okay. So yeah, you remember yesterday, oh, they're going to have the teleconference, blah, blah, blah. Well, the owners brought the paperwork in, and they didn't have the whole entire contract. So they vote on this. They're like, let's see the rest of the contract. So they're like, we'll get that to you. They're like, no, we're, we, we need to see that before we vote on it. No joke. That's what happened yesterday. So now it's, it's getting contentious again. Yeah. I just saw a quote uh, from Bonnie Holiday. Is he the player rep for the Green Bay Packers? Basically just ripping, ripping the owners. So this thing this thing may not be over just yet, Big Dog. No, it's not. It's not. Uh-huh. And it, yeah, and we were all happy a couple days ago. Yeah. Well, yesterday with this news, I just I came home and I officially erased the NFL draft off the DVR. <laughs> it was taking up way too much space. So I, I mean, like I, I tried to watch it the other day, and I yeah. kept thinking to myself, you know, they're not going back yet. But I still got to like pick number yeah. ten. Look and at the... then like uh, Mel Kiper couldn't even do it for me, coach. I eventually that did gone. <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night, you can't go back to sleep, big day. You can always go down to the TV and watch round two of the NBA draft, scintillating television. Well, no, no, I, I would not watch round two of the NBA draft because I, I, I have enough time saying <laughs> <laughs> No, that was the first, this year. That was the first round. Oh, my, oh, my father. Yeah. Real good draft this year. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, dog. Couple of minutes left in the show. Oh, by the way, you know, we do advertise ourselves as the show that covers the tour de front stage to stage coverage. And we missed it yesterday. Some of our listeners quite upset. We should mention uh, the climb to the Alps has begun. This is the one that separates the men from the boys, big dog, the notes from the noise. All of a sudden, the big guys are coming to the lead. The uphill climb through the Alps. I know you're a bicyclist. You can only imagine what that many miles uphill must do. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I, I, that's that's got to be intense. Woo. And the fact that this year you got to watch out for the that guy in that little small car with the camera that keeps running over the, yes. the bikers. Very annoying. Have you seen that guy? Yes. The, he's hit two bikers so far this year. He, yep. The one where he that caused the pile up. I mean, come on, you're driving a car. Well. Around a bunch of bicyclists, he feels it's safer. Okay? In his defense, Big Dog, that's not an easy job because you are trying to follow the bicycles. You got a camera guy on your driver's side who's probably yelling at you and, and, and giving you know a little backseat okay. driving. And, and those roads, those not all that wide. And if you go off, it's not exactly a minor fender bender. You, well, you did mean, you see the, when the guy was driving and he he had an option: either hit the tree, clip the tree, or swerve into. All of the bicyclists, and so he decided to swerve into the bicyclists and took out like five people. Hey, trees are trees are people too. 
Yeah, when I saw that, that was was actually. Luckily, nobody got hurt. I couldn't believe nobody got hurt, but the 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 cyclists weren't too happy. Andy Schleck, by the way, is the guy who made the run late in stage number eighteen. He leads. Frankie Schleck is in second place. I don't know for sure, dog. We'll have to do a little biographical sketch. I'm going to guess that bicyclist Andy Schleck from. is it France? Luxembourg, I think. And Frankie Schleck, I'm going to guess that they are related, possibly brothers. You know, what What, what, what should happen is if t- two sw- twins were good, they should just go there and alternate days. <laughs> and just enter as one person. Yeah, and enter as one that's person a great and call. alternate days. <laughs> They'd be rested. That's, that's a great call. Identical twins. Uh-huh. We've had every other controversy in the Tour de France. We might as well have that one. All right, Dahl, we got to wrap it up again. Uh, for the females out there, if they want to track you down this weekend, where might the single and extremely eligible Joe Radwanski be? Oh, I'm eligible again? Of course. Okay, I, did, work, I didn't realize that. Works for the show. Work with me here. Okay, oh, okay. okay. Um, well, I'll be working at Water Riders, waterridersworth1hour.com. Okay. Check it out. I give tours on, on Chicago. Okay. We're completely booked, though, Coach. Okay. But you got to cool. check out our Yelp reviews. Uh, we got, is horrible. We got to get out of this. Take some notes. Let's talk about it on Monday. I'll talk Monday. Have a great weekend on the river. He's up. All right. Big dog and a coach on the talkzone.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. David Olson, our producer. Phenomenal job all week long. We'll see you Monday at 10. Please don't be late.